0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2022 of the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores the ins and outs and challenges HR. Oh, Julie, I messed up. And opportunities HR, people (laughs) managers, and all people face at work every day. I am one of your co-hosts, Chaz Fields, and I'm joined by...
1: Julie Devlin, Julie. I even, yeah,
0: I don't even. I don't even care that I messed up because you know what? It just shows who we are. We're human. It's okay. Um, so at least you- I am,
1: Chaz. I don't know about you. <laughs> All
0: right, stop. Stop recording. We're doing it again. No, no, um, no, no. We're not. So, Julie, here's the deal. We took a little bit of a hiatus, and here's the thing. Um, we didn't tell anybody about it. Uh, <laughs> You would think me being the, the change management practitioner that I am and all the talks that I've given about letting your people uh, become aware of what you're doing before you actually do it, man, boy, did I fail. So
1: uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we just needed to take some time. You know, I mean, we, yeah, yeah. we practice what we preached, right? Yeah, that's I mean, right,
0: that's right. We do, we do. So we we yeah. did take some time. We did take take some time because uh we needed to recharge. It was the end of the year. We we added up our flights last night uh or yesterday <laughs> when we were talking, and it was insane how much we had traveled. Um, last year, which was amazing, right? Like that's not a complaint. It was amazing. No, but no. It, it,
1: yeah. I mean, thank God we were allowed to travel again and yeah. you know, the, the world opened up. You know? That's right. I mean, it was, yeah.
0: So I think, you know, if they've ever heard us ever do a talk before Jewelry really List this podcast, they know we we love to reflect and that's what we spent some time yesterday doing of just, man, how awesome it's been, what we need to do for 2022 to make sure that the folks listening, how do we continue to help them and and go above and beyond? And we want to go above and beyond for our listeners. So with that, Julie, we also in 2022 decided... Uh, to, to change it up, you know, in 2021, we asked, Hey, tell us, uh, or excuse me, in 2021. We said, Hey, what made you smile today? Yeah. And instead? <laughs> I want to broaden it up a little bit. We want to broaden it up a little bit. We do. do. We tell me something good.
1: Tell me something <laughs> good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to lose listeners. If I keep singing. <laughs> um, no, um, something good, you know, uh, everybody who's, who's listened, everybody who knows me knows how big of a sports fan I am. Oh, you are too, Chaz. But, yeah. um, uh, the football games and the divisional weekend were just amazing. I mean, sure. I, probably some of the best games that I've ever seen. And the fact that there were 25 points scored in the Chiefs-Bills game in the last minute, 40 some odd seconds was insane (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and uh that has to be my something good
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was unreal and there were some stats that they threw up that uh, were record stats that have never happened in the nfl or it's been a really long time like you know the points being scored in the chiefs game you know yeah, and i didn't
1: i didn't have a a dog in the fight you know i didn't right it was, I, it was just
0: a fun sports weekend yeah.
1: it was i watched the game twice i watched oh, it on well, replay i know it's i mean that's you're definitely, it you definitely you
0: definitely love sports more than i i don't know that. i don't know about I, that I could, I, I could do that so yeah. um for me uh something good that has happened is uh the weather here in texas has actually been um winter-esque if you will so what like, is I'm, it like 50 I, degrees I, Well, today today it's a high of 50, but it's been really interesting. We've had like 50 degree swings where it's like in the 20s at night, but it'll get up to 60s and 70s during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my allergies don't love it, but let's be real. When I can go outside on January 26th in a t-shirt and and shorts, it's pretty amazing, right? So
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'd like to throw things at you.
0: (laughs) You know, I have friends of mine, like back home in Indiana, they got a bunch of snow and they're like... what's the weather like? And I was like, do you guys don't want to know? Like yeah, I just, just don't
1: living here in, in Maryland right now. It's 28 degrees. So, you mm. know, you can, um,
0: yeah, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. so <laughs> with that, Hey, here's the deal before we get into it today, we were going to treat it like a bonus episode, but we decided not to. Um, but we do want to continue with the business stat of the day before we jump into our topic. That being said, Um, The gray collar worker, Julie. Now, a lot of people don't know what that is. I'll talk about that in a second, Mm -hmm. but they're often known as the forgotten worker. Um, However, what's interesting, the Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with the stat, shocker, Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with the stat that 13 of the top 20 fastest growing roles uh, this year are considered gray collar okay yeah. now what's interesting about this so people are like oh what, what's what's a gray collar well yeah. they're a little bit different um because they're service they're not white collar they're not blue collar but they also leverage technology um a little bit differently too so um, it requires both physical and technical skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like, you know, people like teachers, people like firefighters, non-doctor healthcare professionals, um, government service workers, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of our gray collar worker. Julie, what's your thought on 13, like 13 of the fastest growing roles yeah. in the top 20 or gray collar workers?
1: Yeah. It tells me that, uh, HR, we need to start paying attention to gray collar workers. Um, yeah, because yeah. You know, I mean for so long it was just this binary, uh, blue collar, white collar, right? We didn't, yeah. we didn't really think about those in between employees, but when you think about that stat that 13 of the 20 fastest growing are gray collar mm-hmm. workers, I mean, that is a, that's a huge number. And we absolutely have to focus on what their needs are. Yeah, Um, when we're talking about, uh, talent retention and, uh, recruiting. Envoying. Envoying. Yeah, all, yeah. All of that. yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think that if you haven't heard the term gray collar worker, um, I would, uh, I would encourage you to, uh, to become more familiar with it. I had to do that myself. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, for coming up in HR over the years, we're very in tune to that blue collar, white collar and that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's, um, it's it's just something else, you know, as we move forward in this. Uh, oh, I'm not going to say it, Chaz. I'm not oh, going to say I, I was going to nail you it. for
0: that cliche. I was going to nail you. I can say it here and <laughs> <laughs> in. our new normal, so new normal. That's
1: so funny. That's um, so funny. As we, as we move forward in, in, in this time, yeah. um, these are new things that we have to pay attention to because yeah. they, they become important when it comes to all things HR, all things work. Yeah.
0: yeah well, it, it's evolved, right? So yeah. So we continue to evolve nothing new. I look at it from the perspective of, um, economics, labor participation, uh, you know, different, different things from that perspective where it's like, okay, hold on, throw in the great resignation. How many of these individuals are jumping into the gray collar field that may have come from white collar or blue collar, take it a step further. How is it going to impact those industries? right? Um, you know, labor shortage or labor participation rate uh, is, is slowly decreasing, which means more and more people are going back to work. Yeah. But what I'll be really interested to find out is a year from now, one, did this stat hold true? And two, where did those individuals, uh, you know, come from in their respected work, work, that they were doing before to where they are now. So then we can start to see the trend and, and what people are enjoying to do or finding their passion or whatever it is. And then, you know, guess what? We'll probably have another episode to talk about. Yeah, so.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so, we're, we're always have material, folks. Don't uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: uh, not why we're here today, though. So um, with that, Julie, today's actually a pretty, pretty special episode. So the workforce- Isn't every is
1: episode to- special, Chaz? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, we try and have some humility here, Joel. No, Just I'm kidding. Kid, I'm kidding. <laughs> (laughs) Um, so this is really cool. So the workforce Institute, again, um, this podcast is sponsored by the workforce Institute, the, the research arm of UKG, I think for like the last 14 years, I don't know what the number is. They have done the annual workplace predictions, um, for people. All right. So, um, what's really, really interesting. I went back and looked at the 2021 ones and they, they all came to fruition. So a little background about how these workplace, uh, Predictions come out. So, um, we have monthly meetings with our board of directors. We have a lot of different research components that we do. Um, We sit in a room and we basically hash it out to say, what do we believe is going to happen? More importantly, how do we help the people who read these to take something and do it day in and day out? No different than the podcast. This is why we love doing it. So, um, they came out, uh, I think they came out today. Right, they came out today, and we yeah. were like, "Hey, uh, Doctor Mullen, can we, can we do a can we do a podcast episode on this?" Oh, wait, yeah, yeah we're going to anyways. It's okay. it was <laughs> like absolutely. So, with that being said, Julius, people understand it. You and I are going to go through these five predictions. Now, the first prediction mm-hmm. uh, four. Workplace predictions of 2022 by the Workforce Institute. I need, again, the little sound drum roll <sighs>
1: button.
0: Employee expectations challenge employer capabilities as the shifting labor market creates ripples across the talent pool. Yep. Now, Julie, that's that's a lot of words uh, to simply say the power is back in the employee's hand, where before in the corporate world or whatever world you were living in, you know the company had the power. And I think even leading up to the pandemic, we we we've talked about, you know, hey, your organization needs to focus in on culture, brand, you know, choice, right? Um, and 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 really, what's happened is as COVID hit, that came to light right? Yeah. And, and employees now have the choice and what they want to do. And there's just been a huge, huge shift. I, I can tell you want to say something. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, my thought is just that, yeah, absolutely. We have to look at the, um, the, the, the power shift. And I know that sometimes we as employers and we as HR don't like to think of it that way, mm-hmm. but yeah. unfortunately at this moment in time, I think we have to, um, mm-hmm. you know, prior to the pandemic. Um, do you even remember that time, Chaz? I, I do. I, really, I, I do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I do. I do. You, you do remember that time? I, I, time
0: I, I really, I really, really do. It's, like, it's, I don't it's,
1: remember uh, a time. I don't remember a time when when I could just walk out my walk out of my house and go to a store and not have to worry about like anything, like a mask right. or how crowded it to be or something like that. But right, you know, right. I,
0: I, we've, I we've rewired we've rewired ourselves in a lot of ways. We,
1: you know, we really have. It's been it's been amazing, and the fact yeah. that it's been over two years now is incredible. But. Yeah. I digress, Chaz. Um, I think employers need to, um, they need to recognize that uh, the employees do have an upper hand because, uh, you know, if they're not getting what they want from you as an employer, they have a lot of options. Yeah. A lot of options.
0: Yeah. So we talk about, so often we talk about transparency and and trust in the workplace, right? And how much both of those impact the work that's actually being done. So now HR leaders are, are somewhat being cornered. Right. They're they're yeah. somewhat being cornered saying, what are you going to do about this to make sure that we have enough people to get the job done? Yep. And this is stuff that HR practitioners have been talking about for years on trying to be creative in what they're doing in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and let's be real, Julie, some of those things get shut down more often than we we care to know because it wasn't a priority. you know, Right. Cards, and we're also,
1: right. we're also so caught up in our day-to-day and getting through the day and the challenges of the day that that forward-thinking mm-hmm. mentality isn't always there, but it needs to be. Right. Um, and if I look back on my career as a HR uh, practitioner, there are, that's definitely something I wish I would have done differently. I wish I would have taken a more forward-thinking look. Yeah. Um yeah. or forward-looking, you know, approach and I, I and I say that on stage um t- to audiences as well but um that that leads us to um, you know, uh, something else that I think we need to talk about which is number 2 um on uh, th- in terms of um the the trends mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> increasing employee apathy. Um, it, it motivates business leaders to invest even more in this people centric experience. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? Okay. What is a people centric experience? Well, I think that that means something different to each organization. That's going to mean something different to different industries. But something that really just sort of flows throughout is this concept of listening to our employees, not just asking for feedback, but taking that feedback and actually doing something with it. You've probably heard us say this on podcasts before, but it's the truth.
0: Yeah, that needs when to be we, like our underlying theme. Yeah, of every when we okay.
1: when we ask for feedback from our employees. Are we just asking for it for the sake of asking or are we asking for it because we want to actually do something to improve their experience Mm -hmm. and in turn, Chaz, improve our experience in HR? Mm-hmm. Um, because when our employees are happy, we're going to be happier too. <laughs> I think that's something else to remember. Yeah.
0: As well. yeah, yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron, our CEO has a whole chapter just on that statement alone. Right. And, and what I find interesting about apathy is like loss, you know, there's lack of concern, right. By definition, it's lack of concern or, or interest, right. Right, and and then by the way, we're going to throw a global pandemic, and we're going to be short-staffed. And as you and I both know, when companies are short-staffed, they work harder and harder and harder, right? And and longer and longer hours, but the the quality of work continues to go down. And at some point, an employee's going to be like, "Man, I've had enough."
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah, that lends itself to work-life balance um, right. or, or lack thereof. Right. I mean, I think right. that this work-life balance, it, it's going to take precedent here and employers, they really need to foster a culture of compassion and, mm-hmm. and respect to support employees through these circumstances that are super challenging that we're all going through right now. Right. So, sure. I think that more than ever before, um, we have to take a look at the the mental health of mm-hmm. employees um, mm-hmm. and recognize that that is no longer not even close to being a taboo topic in the workplace. Right. Even even in fields that have traditionally, uh, you know, where it, it really was, you know, in, yeah. in the in, in the more service industries and that kind of thing, you know, um, I, I think that it's important for us to recognize that. Um, and this actually brings us to number three. Sure. Um, in terms of the trends that manager training, um, including things like emotional support and, yes. and things like mentorship programs, they really become critical in the fight to retain great talent. So That's right. when I'm on stage, Chaz, I always say that managers are HR's best friend. Um, and I think that they should be because managers are the ones that really come in contact with employees on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get um, the, the feedback and they're the ones that, that really hear what's going on in the trenches. And you know, HR should really be doing a lot to to train managers um, mm-hmm. on that empathetic leadership. Um, they should uh, train managers on how to be more intentional with their love leadership. That. Yeah, love that in terms of their productivity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that um, you know organizations that come out ahead they're going to improve their support systems for people managers and. <sighs> Really help them with their decision-making skills and find a new way to cultivate trust. I can tell you want to say something. A
0: hundred percent. So, you know, I'm a huge proponent. I, I believe the best managers and leaders are those who learn how to serve and follow before they lead. Okay. So this this, this idea of servant leadership, there's a ton of of books and research and all this stuff out there. And what I love the word that you used is intentional and empathetic. So there has to be some sort of self-awareness when it comes to, I feel this way. They feel talking about our employees or our people or those that we work with, whatever it is, they may feel something different. And it's in that moment to recognize, okay, how do I meet them where they're at? How do I serve them to help continue elevate them on top of the organization, right? Like, so let's elevate them first. And then the organization will continue to flourish because I took the time to take a step back and say, this is not about me. This is about them. And thus being a better, more intentional leader. Right. So yeah. think about the the trust that that impacts. Think about one's ability to build that trust. And then more importantly, be more transparent because I know that, that my manager is being intentional and they're not afraid to jump in and do the same job that I'm doing when we're short staffed or, you know, when we have a huge order that we have to fulfill. Right. So part of that too is developing and understanding what a career path will look for the, like for those individuals, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Yeah. So
0: it's it's going to be super super critical with with our new generation of workers too who are simply just going to expect that right so Again, Julie, I'm terrible at segways. Shocker, 2022. That's one thing I can put <laughs> on my performance review on things I need to improve for the podcast. But, segways, uh, yeah, segways. <laughs> Literally, that's what I'm going to put in the title of it. Segways, <laughs> be better. You know, how do you rank yourself on segways? N- not well. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the the next one, trend number four, um, or it's not trend number four, workplace prediction number four: navigating a steep compliance curve. Organizations are proactively. Stay ahead of the pending leg, legislative catch up. I'm using quotes there. Come out on top as employers of choice. Now, Julie, uh, typically when people say just the word compliance, they're like, Ugh, yeah, right? like they're I just am. Like, Ugh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, no. I, I, here, here's where I'm going to challenge people I want to challenge our listeners to take a step back and not look at compliance as being do what you're told. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is a component of that, but we can also, even though we're being told what to do to some degree, or we have to play the proverbial, proverbial catch up, right? We also can take a step back and think how, instead of being reactive, how can we be proactive and, and leverage this into something that will be great for our organization? All right. So let's take a look at like, AI usage, you know what I mean? Using AI to uh, give us predictions or to do things for us um, that we don't necessarily need to wait to hear from our lawyers or in-house counsel or whatever it is because that AI piece as we as we know we continue to learn more and more and more about AI we're less and less fearful of it right
1: i was going to say if step 1 is stop being afraid of it right
0: <laughs> so, so, so same thing with compliance right and and when those violations happen we know what happens julie that's money out of the the organization's pocket because we have to pay fines or fees or whatever it is. If we can be proactive about these things with something like AI, you know, or be proactive in looking at data that that there have been changes in the workforce that could potentially be a compliance risk, we can be proactive and thus keep that money in our pocket. organization are right. Mm -hmm. And then use it to reinvest in the things that we've talked about training development programs, you know, mentorship programs, how to teach people to be intentional leaders, you know, all of these different things, instead of just being like, Oh, compliance, I'll wait till something bad happens before. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we have to pay our fine jewels.
1: No, I think. I think <laughs> Sorry,
0: soapbox. Let me, yeah, let me move yeah. <laughs> my soapbox and put it back over here. <laughs> how,
1: how do I follow that, Chad? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, no, you're right. I think that employers need to anticipate changes, they need to stay mm-hmm. ahead of the curve, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, organizations that that move quickly rather than um, you know just wait to react are the ones that that are uh, that are going to get ahead. So, but I think, I think, hold on <laughs> before
0: you move forward. I do want to say, think about when you are proactive. That puts less stress on the employee because you're, you know, the fines, whatever it is, it could be however you're being audited, think about that and how that impacts the individual employee. And that's what drives being that employer of choice is taking away those hurdles, those roadblocks and those things that that force your employees to work 10 times harder when we don't have to, if we can just be a little more proactive. Sorry, yeah. continue.
1: No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Sorry, no, let me put my back again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> please, Chaz. All right, my turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, All right, we need to get to the we need to get to the number five here in terms of our our trends. So, ESG, ESG emerges as a make or break asset for business stability and growth. Chaz, mm-hmm. what's ESG? It's environmental and societal governance. What? Okay. So, you know, we talk about our world, it's increasingly politicized, it's increasingly divisive, and employers are going to have to continue to navigate this difficult, you know, landscape, Mm -hmm. um, this highly nuanced landscape, but it's important landscape in the workplace on everything from vaccines, uh, to, you know, safety protocols, to racial injustice, to Mm -hmm. gender equity. You know, I mean, I think that we need to look at 2022, um, and it's going to bring revitalized employee expectations yep. to hold companies accountable, companies that made public statements about yeah. these things. You know, so, okay, you're going to make a public statement. Um, are you going to follow through, right? Mm-hmm. If you're sa- Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I would challenge that those word. of you who are listening, if your company has made a public statement about any of these topics, right? Um, what have you done to follow through on them? Um, right and and i and i have a feeling there's a lot of companies that have done great things and they sure. continue to do great things but it's important mm-hmm. to remember that this is an ongoing thing this is not a one time we make a statement on social media and it's we've, there's we've no covered, yeah we've covered yeah. our we've covered our bases or you know we've checked the box basically yeah. Yeah. um you know but i think you know the other thing um we talk about corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. um and you know employers they're going to need to 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 look at this from a, a nice to have to an mm. a, it has to be a business necessity now. So yeah, in the face of global social activism and that kind of thing, it's certainly important. Chess, no,
0: no, that's that's really spot on. It's interesting because separate from the predictions, UKG also has the megatrends, and and when the megatrends were being developed, mm-hmm. you know, ESG came up, and and uh, you know when Karina and I, Karina's heads up the megatrends for for UKG amongst a host of other people, it's similar to what we do with the Workforce Institute predictions, we were talking about ESG. And and the big application here is for those individuals that made those public statements, how did they set goals? You know what I mean? How are they tracking those goals? And then are they willing or or essentially uh, reporting on the progress of said goals? Right. right and 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 when i say reporting on it and and we use the term public what what i mean is just even starting with the organization to say here's what we've done and here's what we continue to do and i think going back to the talks that you've had julie is we also have to recognize being good organizational citizens that we can't just look at the negative things that the company hasn't done right. we do need to look at the positive things and the work in the works in progress that companies are doing but i think the critical piece is the goals right making them public making them trackable and, and doing the due diligence to let people know the progress that's being made. Yeah. And I think what, a, what we'll witness is more and more people being empowered and wanting to stay for the organizations that are being transparent because they're building trust, because they're acting on the things that they said that they were going to do to ultimately impact the organization for the good.
1: Chaz, you're in a role today. I am, man. I'm, I'm fired impressed. Up. I'm I had impressed. Some,
0: I had caffeine. You know me. I don't lot <laughs> of like caffeine. I had caffeine before we did this. So,
1: so, anyways, we We're so excited to be back, though. We're so <laughs> excited to be back. And, 2022. And, and I know. And let me, you know, Chaz, before we wrap up, I just want to thank everybody for all their support. Too. Yes. It's um, we've, incredible. we've had an amazing uh, amount of support um, uh, for the podcast. So we yeah. appreciate you all listening.
0: See, what she's not telling you is it's really fun <laughs> to witness people go up to and be like, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, Hi, I'm Chaz. So nice to meet you. Like when people do that, like please tell us your name first so we can get yeah. to know you as a person. But again, Julie, it's amazing because we have amazing support from so many people, and, and we cannot thank you enough because we love what we do. Um, but more importantly, we we get empowered because of, of folks like you just coming up and saying, "Man, that that really helped us." Or what are your thoughts on this? Because Julie, you know, we could go on for hours.
1: I know, and you know, I, we we would love your feedback too. Yeah. Um, and also topics that y'all would want to hear. Um, sure. No, just sure. shoot us. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a message on LinkedIn. Um, I know I'm sort of going off the rails here a little bit, Chaz, but uh, we're gonna have to wrap up because so- <laughs> we, prom- we promised people this would stay short, and you know, yep. you and I could talk forever. We're
0: a little, yeah, we're a little ahead of the game right now. So, hey, yeah. Jules, today, what would you find your purpose in?
1: Um, I found my purpose in uh, recognizing that these five trends are important, but I think our purpose needs to be in looking at these trends and really applying them to your particular workplace. Mm-hmm. How do they fit in your workplace? Mm-hmm. So, so often we look at things like this and say, look at them from a broad perspective, but how can we look at them from a more intricate, in a more intri- intricate way, mm-hmm. and say, okay, how are we doing in this realm? How are we doing in this realm, and how can we improve?
0: Yeah. I think that was going to be mine, Julia, simply asking the question from these trends, what can we do differently? Asking yeah. ourselves, what, what can we do differently? And more importantly, um, although these things may be uncomfortable to some, the organizations that we see that are leveraging some of the stuff that we talked about really, really are thriving. Don't just take our word on it, but know that, know that it was uncomfortable for those companies too. Right. Yeah. And, and what's important about this is that they continue to do a lot of good work, um, by taking, you know, these predictions and applying them and asking that question of how can we do this differently? More importantly, how can we serve our people differently? Absolutely. Um, so Jules, I think take us home,
1: take us home. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, a few reminders before we leave, don't forget to like, and subscribe, uh, use the hashtag people purpose pod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. We're back, Chaz. We're back. 2022,
0: Episode 1. We'll see you all in two weeks. Cheers, guys.
1: Bye.